Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hold, primates listening. It is I, Numator 479. According to our studies of your puny mammalian race, we discovered you like very good coffee. And while it is our evolutionary purpose to cause you psychic torment, we want you awake and vivacious to give it. So try our new blend from Spring Hill Jack Coffee, Reptilian in the Morning. Our proprietary blend of lightly roasted cocao husks will have you immediately energized upon emerging from the pain cloaca with all your slippery new eggs. Thanks, honey. I'm cold-blooded. Mmm. Eggs to Spring Hill Jack and last podcast on the left. I'm ready to get out there and eat some babies. Get out of the way, Hillary Clinton. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. I'm going to start off up top. I'm actually going to push back immediately from a statement you made right before we started recording. I actually think this is my I'm, I'm coming out of a haze COVID thought. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been looking at different cryptid towns. I've been doing street views, uh-huh. getting down into the streets seeing what people are doing. And yes, a lot of it is about the merch. A lot of cryptid towns are about merch. It's a lot merch. of it. It's about. No, I actually think some of it is about bestiality (laughs) and being obsessed with but i I, there's also a mystery here i'm i'm open i today i'm open i'm opening my cloaca into thinking that maybe some of these cryptids got something to it even if it's just the ghost of an ancient turtle so so you think that they create these creatures because they're horny for them yeah then how come we've never seen a depiction of bigfoot with tits you haven't been looking hard enough my friend welcome The last podcast on the left, live from our new studios in beautiful Burbank, California. Do you want to check it out? It's the land of the stars. I saw Gary Cole getting a colostomy the other day. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about cryptid town. First of all, before we even begin... Look at the tits on this Bigfoot. All right, please. (laughs) Look at right here. Look at the tits on this Bigfoot. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, those are like legitimate... I thought they would look like... 
udders? Like fake tits. No, no. Dude. look like it's real tits. No, no those, those are, are, that's a woman's butt. That is those, a full-on mama seed of Bigfoot. Mammalian breasts. Yeah, that's, man. Uh, that's the look at that. That's it's, fucking it's poor back. It's <laughs> a Sophia Loren of Bigfoot. <laughs> Somebody get that Bigfoot an operation. No, no, never touch them. <laughs> Let those glorious, glorious globes swing back and forth as they hunt after our unsuspecting hunters. <laughs> So a few months ago, we mentioned the concept of cryptid towns. Yes. Basically, these are small towns that base their entire identity off their local cryptid, usually while trying to lure cryptid tourists with all manner of festivals, theme restaurants, and museums. And guess what, y'all? You fucking got me. You got me. I go in, I go into these towns, I drop coin, right? I, I'll meet the mayor. <laughs> I would love to meet a mayor of any one of these cryptid towns. Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. If you're a mayor of one of these cryptid towns, invite us. We'll be in front of the parade. Yeah. Right? We'll yeah. eat your local rib stick and eats. I'm down for it. I'll buy Mothman jam. We sell Mothman coffee. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm ready to do it. We might have to turn into butterfly guy at some point. But I think that's what we should be doing as far as live shows go. Yeah. And just go to these cryptid towns and fucking enjoy it. And, and then they'll be like, Whoa. we can do it in like a church basement or some shit. <laughs> Well, you be you be careful what you fucking ask. Yeah, man, because we our first live show was in the basement of a complex in a conference room, and it wasn't conducive. Oh yeah, no, Fluorescent. I imagine it'll be hell. Fluorescent <laughs> lighting yeah. kills laughter. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, we bring our own spotlights. Oh, you sure. know, we got I set a fire. Yeah, we do it by fire. Well, the most well-known example of a cryptid town, and the one that inspired this series, is Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which owes a large chunk of its local economy to the Mothman. Likewise, nearby Sutton, West Virginia, has a museum dedicated to the Flatwoods Monster, and one can find five gigantic Flatwoods Monster-shaped chairs situated in the surrounding towns. But it's not really a museum. It's like a like a shanty. <laughs> well, it is a museum in the sense that it is a... In the phone book, it says museum. <laughs> yes, which is all it needs to be. It's a building in which you can enter and look at things. But that's okay. all we need. That's all we need for it to be a museum. I would love to go, though. That being said, I don't want to talk trash on it. I would like to be there, and I'd like to see the Flatwood Monster. You yeah, would like it if you went. Yeah, you I'm would. I'm sure like. I'd love yeah. it. Yeah, because the Flatwood... I've been there. Oh, yeah? How was it? It was awesome. See? Nah. There you go. And also Flatwood's Monster famous sexy cryptid mm. after i did the tears of a clown Not a famous sexy cryptid at all if you look at the tears of a clown footage that we got and the various pieces of fan art dedicated to flatwoods monster it is highly sexual we no we did when we did uh that bit at the last jamboree yes. at the last big last podcast show we did do a whole thing about sexy cryptids or sexy flatwoods monsters and yeah, there's a fair amount there is a, a actually it's kind of like it was kind of disturbingly like a, a large amount but i think it's just called flatwoods monster Dressed like Harry Styles. <laughs> I can fucking live under that skirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sucking on his shins. Look at his calves. Well, the Flatwoods monster-shaped chairs are similar to what goes on in Marion and Grant counties in Indiana. They have eight huge Garfield statues in various rundown towns. Statues like Firefighter Garfield. God, he would have been too lazy to get to 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's Fisherman Garfield, which I've seen. I, I stumbled across Fisherman Garfield. Lucky guy. <laughs> and the weirdest one. Ice cream lover Garfield. That's oh, no. weird. That actually seems the one most in pocket. I had yeah. lasagna today. How was it? It was surprisingly good. You ate lasagna before two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I had it for lunch. <laughs> Are you James Gandolfini? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's probably not a coincidence that states like West Virginia and Indiana are the ones that have multiple cryptid towns. Because from what I've seen of at least Indiana, oh my God. the local economy isn't exactly jumping in their rural areas. What are you talking about? The Jackson Family Museum is there. <laughs> yeah. The home of music. Lots of sausage places in Indiana. Yeah, a lot you of know. like, you know, uh, floor cleaner factories, a lot of prisons. Yeah, yeah. You can get all anything Ziploc, yeah. you get it fresh <laughs> from Indiana. It's all Kurt Vonnegut and Larry Bird in Indiana. Yeah, it really is. But to that point... Both just chain smokers. <laughs> <laughs> but to that point, a lot of the cryptid towns we're going to be talking about today are in the middle of nowhere, just small towns trying to survive. But while most cryptid towns make their local creature an object of fun, even ridicule. Yeah, looking at you, Mr. Hodag people. Mm -hmm. We're going to cover others in which the town still greatly fears their local cryptid, even while they make money flaunting its supposed existence. To kind of travel and and to walk into the world of high strangeness for a bit, I was listening to the New Kirks, one of our favorite, like, paranormal researcher, married couple. And, they, you know, they did the Hellier series. We talk about them all the time. But they talking about the concept of thought forms that live. Right. That at some point, if an entire town really does get together and say, this creature exists, and not only does it exist, our fucking whole crew seen it, the town dentist has seen it, we got pictures of it everywhere, on some level, in a almost psychic manner, you kind of project it out, which then increases the sightings of the thing that you're trying to see. And yes, in one way, it's collectively they're looking for shadows that then maybe look like a squonk, mm -hmm. but then it turns out, you know, whatever it is. But I also believe what the New Kirks are talking about, but the idea of cryptids being the ghosts of ancient animals, like things that are out in the forest that were there millions of years ago that are now just sort of like literally like the, the ghosts of giant apes, the ghosts of a giant prehistoric turtle that you then see. And then also maybe deep in the forest, there's a big ass turtle somewhere. Maybe. Turtles don't have ghosts. So you don't know <laughs> shit. You got to check it out. You think about it. Well, wouldn't they have found like fucking Bigfoot fossils by now? I don't know. No, I don't know. They hide. They bury their dead. <laughs> but Except the, you, that's where you find fossils in the ground. They hide the cemeteries. <laughs> it never stops. It's like a sign You'll that goes left, but it's really right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Bigfoot cemetery this way. But before we get started, we'd like to thank our fans for sending in their own personal cryptid towns, because it's from these emails that we've built our episode today. So without further ado, let's get started with one of our favorites. The Jackalope of uh, Douglas, Wyoming. Oh, yeah, David Coulier. Yeah. <laughs> That's as fast as can be. Never catch me. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I thought it was a beaver. No, it's a jackalope. jackalope. Interesting. It's the jackalope. Yeah, world's funniest people. <laughs> they put, they, it is like a taxidermied rabbit with the horns sticking out. Now of it. I like remember in a T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like rob a mailman and shit. Yeah, kick its ass and push him in a pool. Technically, the jackalope <laughs> is a very sad origin. <laughs> now, as we know, the jackalope has become more of a taxidermy joke over the years than a serious cryptid. We got one right in the corner. One right in the corner. Some wise ass taxidermist gets a couple of antlers, shoves them on the head of a rabbit corpse, and mounts it on a wall. However, the jackalope itself did actually start out as a cryptid. See, it's believed that legends of rabbits with horns on the American frontier came from a very real disease suffered by the furry folk called Shope papilloma virus, 
when a rabbit is infected, it grows horn-like tumors, and due to the nature of just how many animals the white man was still discovering on a regular basis during frontier times, some figure, hey, Rabbits got horns around here. Rabbits got horns around here. Do they fight for supremacy? <laughs> but if you look, I actually found a picture. Have you seen this? It's no. horrifying. In fact, this is a rabbit infected with oh, show no. papilloma virus. They look like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle character. It looks, <laughs> it looks safer than a normal rabbit. I do think it's protected because I did want to buy one of these. I was shopping for um, Wendy and Carmi mm-hmm. because we've been a lot more coyotes are coming into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to put a bunch of rabbits in your front yard so yeah, they can them? tire them out? Yeah. <laughs> no, they have them. Um, they got coyote shields for dogs. It's your spiked little, you would literally just, just like this, the show yeah. papillomavirus, where it's this little spiked vest that you put on the dogs and it keeps the coyotes from biting at them, which is also kind of fun because I want one. Yeah, Carmelita already attacks everybody. She doesn't need spikes. She too. mostly yeah. attacks you because you got thick ankles. Yeah, <laughs> not delicious. Everyone knows that. (laughs) At least you smell delicious. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But even after it was discovered that rabbits do not have horns in Wyoming, legends started to grow in the early 19th century, probably to break up the boredom and to distract the settlers from the real dangers that were likely to kill them at any moment. If we know anything, as was we learned from the Donner Party or any story involving this time period, it sucked. And Wyoming in particular was a very dangerous place to settle. Some would say that jackalopes were dangerous creatures who would attack unsuspecting travelers unprovoked. So those passing through the territory were advised to wear stovepipes on their legs, lest they be gored and left for dead on the prairie, unable to walk. How many people died because of this? <laughs> yeah, got infected, like literally cut on their shins, and then like human filth got in that from the stovepipe leg coverings. Also, just the idea of like, we got to be scared of the fucking rabbits out here, too. Yeah. There's buffalo everywhere. That's our food. We got to be scared of the food. It's like being scared of a carrot. I mean, and why? but when you're on the frontier going out there, I mean, you, you know, a snake can pop up and grab you at any second. You're fucking dead. You can step into a hole. You sprain your ankle. You're dead. Also, they talk about the, the spread of humankind to various areas. Like, you know, once we walked from the uh, basin, right? Where is it? The, the, where the, the Fertile Crescent. The Fertile Crescent. When we walked from there out to cover the rest of the planet when we found these giant, slow-moving, lumbering, innocent animals. They're all like, oh, look at that pink thing right there. And then the the human waves at it. It's got no signs of being a natural predator. It's got no claws. It's got no big hairs. But you, so you think it's just some other like little like pink monkey like thing like you. And then all of a sudden it kills you and your whole fucking family. Well, 30 of them. Yeah. Surround you and kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Like a prison style. Yeah. I guess prison style. Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely hunted out like giant sloths, giant bears, woolly mammoths, all that shit we hunted into uh, uh, non-existence. Yeah. Dodo bird. Oh, yeah. Dodo bird. Imagine how fucking delicious a dodo bird is. I think that they were fucking them. You think they were fucking them? You think they fucked them to death? That's how they got their names. The cum noise. It was also said that a jackalope can imitate a human voice. As cowboys singing around a Wyoming campfire were said to hear the jackalope singing back in a mocking tone. All right, okay. I don't need to be fucking roasted out here. I'm doing my job. (laughs) If one wants to catch a jackalope for making fun of your singing voice, all you have to do is entice it with its favorite drink, whiskey. Ah. Hell yeah. Have fun. 
Jack clubs sound like they're fun. I kind of like it. They are. Make fun of people and get hammered. (laughs) Covered in horns. Yeah, it's like most of my friends. (laughs) But as I hinted earlier, the jackalope as we know it was created by a taxidermist named Ralph Herrick and his brother in 1934. One evening while he and his brother were, quote unquote, running late for dinner, which is code for getting fucking trash. Oh, I thought it was code for 69 and your brother. (laughs) (laughs) They decided to mount a pair of antlers on a jackrabbit they just caught. This drunken idea created the famed jackalope. Incredible. The jackalope caught the eye of a local who bought it, and before the Herricks knew it, they were selling hundreds of jackalopes a year, from $10 beginner's jackalopes to an extra-large expert jackalope that sold for $150. Sales were actually so good that they started selling other souvenirs, like canned jackalope milk. Yeah, I made some, I made some yeah. jackalope milk this morning. Yeah, yeah. put it in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, what would, do you drink rabbit milk? I don't think you could. I, I think you could drink any milk. It's just oh, a matter if you want to or not. Are we heading into Fokker's territory? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at how to feed baby rabbit. Uh, no, that's for newborns. Rabbit milk? Hmm. All mammals produce milk. Yeah. No, dolphins. not all mammals. Dolphins don't produce milk, do they? I think they do. I think wow. you can tug on it and fucking <laughs> find out. <laughs> slippery goddamn slippery tits the dolphins <laughs> keep saying he yeah. keep saying about young rabbits eating milk where's young humans eating rabbit milk <laughs> yeah maybe next year that will improve the dolphins chances a little bit if you call them the old slippery tits yeah oh got him I love them man man I made fun of Detroit Lions fans and I apologize they got so <laughs> sad yeah they, yeah. Get very they, get sad. I mean, they won their first playoff game in, since 1991 give them a break I mean I got no problem with them I was just saying that they all look like they're sick. It's a devastated <laughs> town. It's a devastated town. Well, once the jackalope took off, the town in which the taxidermy shop was located, Douglas, Wyoming, population 6,000, they leaned in hard and have been doing so ever since. Tourists can buy jackalope hunting permits that are cheekily valid for only two hours a year, and they can visit the town's massive jackalope statue. That's fun. Yeah. As far as Herrick goes, he attempted to make more cryptids, such as his Wyoming catfish that he made from the tail of a fish and the front of a cat. Get it? Stinky. Catfish. Yeah, Yeah. catfish. As Herrick put it, though, he could sell more if only he could get more cats. People get mad with that. <laughs> like, yeah, you should go to your family's house. <laughs> You're just, yeah, exactly. If you need that many cat torsos, they got piles and piles of them. Now, can I ask you, is our jackalope, is that a real, like, giant rabbit? Or no. Or is that, like, stuff? No, that's, that a, a, that's, a, that's a toy that's got some plastic antlers okay. t- taped to it. Yeah. I yeah. know some rabbits get huge. They get big, yeah. Yeah, yeah they get, like, real, like, 20 pounds. Hairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen big rabbits. Yeah, and they, yeah, you could, we suck the meat out of them, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what I do first. You got to eat that meat, yeah. and then you take the you take the big fur around it, and then yeah, you toss some antlers on it, and it's great. You put it up at a bar. Everybody yeah. loves it. No, I love it. Throw I'd... panties at it. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yep. Thank you. Live from your grave. The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast: your dog. <laughs> that was your dog saying thank you for bark box. You can take a minute now. You pet your dog. But you're going to learn about Bark. It's the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay. Every month, Bark Box decides and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. My dogs love their toys selectively. 
but BarkBox sends good little ones for their little tiny mouths. They have little mouths, but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats. And oh, they love their life and they love the they love what BarkBox brings. Because BarkBox brings the bark and puts it in a box. Yep. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash L-E-F-T. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. But while the jackalope is a figure of fun and nothing to be afraid of, if you go all the way down to Brazil, you'll find a town that truly believes in the danger its cryptid poses. For Jeanopolis is considered far and wide to be the werewolf capital of the world. This is kind of legit. Yeah. Because the fear is real. If you type in Brazilian werewolf, I mean, again, some questionable search results do come up. Absolutely. You know, because especially a lot of like what that werewolf's doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> nice hindquarters. Nice hindquarters. <laughs> but the there is like they are legit afraid of the of this brand of werewolf. And it's it is it's spooky. There's yeah. a lot of footage. Yeah. 
See, in Brazil, it's believed by the particularly superstitious that every seventh child born to a woman will become a werewolf, as will any boy born after seven consecutive girls, as will any unbaptized baby. This is all about just like where a goddamn condom. Yeah, yeah. this is for population control. <laughs> yeah, if you, it's basically like if you keep fucking, you're going to produce a werewolf. Yeah, so, Brazil has one of the highest populations in the world. I yeah, mean, they they're do. all sexy. Yeah, I think they're number two behind India at this point. Man, three behind China. They got to be behind China. Yeah. I'd be so impressed if they passed China. <laughs> yeah, we must fuck our way past Asia. <laughs> <laughs> now, turning into a werewolf isn't necessarily a foregone conclusion for these people. It's said that a werewolf will turn if they happen upon on a crossroads on a Friday at midnight, regardless of the phase of the moon. The only way to turn back into a human, it's said, is to return to those same crossroads. Actually, it's a lot of, like, I looked up a lot of the various ways you're supposed to remedy being a werewolf, and most of the time it involves you dying. Mm-hmm. It's probably best. Additionally, a werewolf can turn if they run through seven cemeteries, although I'm not sure if that's seven consecutive cemeteries, seven cemeteries in one night, or seven cemeteries over a lifetime. I think it's seven cemeteries in one night. You think so? I think we're it's getting a into run. Like, we're getting into gremlin rules territories. Here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's werewolves, so it's <laughs> not going to really hold tight. I feel like a lot of it is the, the fear, though, of a, a man from out of town. Yeah. It seems to be. Or anybody. It's goth. Based fear. It's very much a god. It's, it's fear. being afraid of the people that want to go to the cemeteries, even though they do probably have more of a connection to their dead as it is. But still, like the idea of a guy who's just like, yes, number six. Yeah. Soon I become <laughs> a rough, rough. You're like, all right, fucking Gregorio. Yeah, the more children you have, the more chance one of them is going to be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> what if it just means being an asshole? Yeah, it could be. Some hairy asshole. Lastly, one can also become a werewolf if they're bitten by a werewolf. If you're bitten and you turn, you have 12 days to find a cure, but the cure is unknown. The cure involves getting, one is getting stabbed in the head with a piece of silver. That's not a cure, that's getting killed. That is all they say. I that's was just, looking up more. killed. Yeah, because also, not only you have to kill it, right? You have to, well, you have to cure it, and then, which most of the time means dead. They said sometimes they involve, you can do like a, you can give it wolf's bane, or apparently they also believe that you can exercise the werewolf out of you. Sure. Which is a movie we haven't seen yet. No. That oh. must be. Werewolf exorcism? The idea of getting somebody to, you're possessed by a werewolf spirit, we gotta get it out of you. Because mm -hmm. guess what? We got a time limit. Because mm -hmm. if not, you turn into a fucking werewolf at the end of the movie. Yeah. How many? Seven days? Twelve days. Twelve days. Those eight days. <laughs> and then the guy is, uh, and but the other one said, if you don't do it right, the corpse of a werewolf turns into a revenant. Oh. And not the fucking mediocre DiCaprio vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like an actual living, you know, it's a living dead dog. Nah. Ain't got no rules, dog. <laughs> now, according to a listener from Brazil named Marilia, I know I'm butchering that, but Brazilian names are very difficult. It's just it's just because it's Spanish, but like in a mirror world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like I go to see, I see yeah. Portuguese written out and I'm like, oh, I understand. And then you're like, oh, this is extremely different. It really is. It's very hard to wrap your mouth around. It's a whole other language and culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but according to this listener, every single person that she's ever known who hails from Jeanopolis not only believes that werewolves are real, but they also claim to have had at least one encounter with a werewolf. Much like the Kushtaka and much like the Skinwalker, it's another example of a thing that is a story that is legitimately, like, they, no one wants to talk about it. Mm-mm. 
They believe that you talk well, about in this it. town. They very much want to talk. Everyone yeah. wants to talk about it all the time. It's they, all they want to talk about. They do want to talk about it, but they're also scared of it. Sure. They're very, very scared of it. It's what they lobby so many. For example, this listener said that her grandfather was very serious about seeing a man turn into a werewolf while he was out hunting with the group one night. Furthermore, her grandmother always rushed to get each of her six children baptized as quickly as she could because werewolves also eat unbaptized children. Great. That's tasty. (laughs) Marilia even said that she herself once encountered a massive black wolf-like dog as she and her father were hiking back to their car one night after a fishing trip. But even though belief in werewolves is huge in Brazil, with just as much CCTV footage of them as there are of South American gnomes, Regular wolves don't actually exist within the country. Did you check out any of the CCTV footage? I did not. I, did I, not, I didn't want my bubble to be burst. I poured through some of it. There's some good, like, standard, like, like you know, you got yeah. the spooky music behind it. You see sort of like a shadow, and they're like, you see people talking to me, I'm like, I don't know, the wolf Yeah. They see it over there. It's the lobby. lobby so men. Yeah. And then they see the guy like out there, but it's mostly just kind of you see like a vaguely triangular shaped shadow mm-hmm. walking. There's one good one of a of a thing with the backwards legs walking down the street, but I'm not gonna even fucking show it to you after the how you guys read me to filth after showing you my precious jellyfish UFOs. <laughs> and I'm not gonna allow you to do the same treatment to the lobby so mem because I looked at it, it, it it's spooky. Yeah, but it really does involve you. You know, smoking sativa, sitting at night, and top is going hashtag Lomi Somem into a TikTok app and just watching it at four o'clock in the morning. The fact that there's big black dogs in Brazil is more believable than jellyfish UFOs. Yeah, <laughs> yes, well, that's true. Well, the closest thing Brazil has to a wolf is a somewhat creepy looking animal called the maned wolf, which is not a wolf. It actually looks like a large fox with very long legs, but it's also not a fox. Hmm? It's the largest canine. In South America, oh, well. it's a big dog. It's basically it's the it looks like a fox. It's about the size of a Labrador, uh, and it's got very long legs. Whoa, it's very, that's a weird, it's a weird looking, looking animal. Look at this. It's got a tiny little head. You could de- definitely this is cryptid. You could see why if you saw this at night and you didn't know what the fuck that was. And if it was a really big one, yes, mm-hmm. that's a cryptid. But concerning cryptid lore, the maned wolf is known in most of Brazil as a good luck animal. It's oh. a very well-known animal. It's like um, one of those wolves, like it, or one of those dogs. It's kind of like a coyote, yeah. you know? He needs he needs yeah. glasses. Yeah, it's killed a lot to harvest good luck charms. People believe its eyes are good luck. So you kill a maned wolf <laughs> and then you bring, and you carry around its eyes for hey, good luck. So the wolf has bad luck. Let's think about this <laughs> For a second, um, let's just okay. How about a wolf, a main wolf's kiss brings you money? Get this main wolf out of here. But while the main wolf is not the cryptid we're looking for, the town of Jonopolis takes their designation of being the werewolf capital of the world with deadly seriousness. Oh my god, Jonopolis, the way you're saying it, it just sounds like that's where Super Karen lives and that's where she defends. <laughs> so it's like Jonopolis, uh, yeah, like, Jean, yeah, Jean, Jean, yeah. According to popular belief, Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday is when the town sees its highest concentration of werewolf activity. And during a full moon, tourists can actually join a werewolf hunt in the local woods with a guide. And there are several depictions of werewolves around Joanopolis for the purpose of photo ops. Oh my now, God. does it change every year like Easter does? Yeah. 
It's always Holy Week. It's always what, Holy whatever week? Holy Week is. They go kill a bunch of Maine wolves. No, they. You're not listening to me at all. The Maine wolves are <laughs> good luck. They're not considered but, to be. But you say they're shooting them and they're carving their fucking eyeballs out of their sockets. Yeah, but not specifically on Holy Week. They don't. Believe, the Maine wolf and the werewolf are two entirely different creatures. But you don't think that they go out for fucking the werewolf and then they see a Maine wolf and they're not like. All right, let's get his fucking eyeballs. I got a, I got a <laughs> child custody hearing next week. But at the same time, the people of Joanopolis have terrifying tales to tell about their encounters with werewolves. In one example, a woman told a folklorist named Maria Tavares de Lima for her book, Werewolf. Werewolf! About <laughs> their wolf, their wolf, their castle. <laughs> she was told about an encounter she had while she was heavily pregnant. From what this woman said, she could hear a pack of dogs outside in her garage one evening. And wanting to err on the side of caution, she waited until morning to investigate. When she opened the garage door, she found a naked, hair-covered man sleeping on her garage floor. This is, I, I want to say, to my, my brothers out there with back hair, <laughs> all right? I want to say, I feel you, I see you. Yeah. Right? Don't bark. We mm -hmm. lived in Greenpoint for a long time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right, and I remember Many seeing years. a big, fat Polish man, the cryptid of Greenpoint, yeah. <laughs> asleep on a stoop with some Kwezek. What is it? Okay, yeah, Ch Chivik. Yeah. Chivik, yeah, yeah, just, just a like, bunch, yeah. many, many bottles of Chivik surrounding him. But technically, that was also a sign of good luck. Yeah, for many people, because you know that that meant your landlord, that man, was asleep, <laughs> and you had one more day to put in the rent. Well, by this woman's estimation, this guy, this hairy. Naked man, he was a werewolf who'd come to eat the unborn baby from her womb. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sounds like it could be fun. It could be fun, yeah. What, what you mean? For her. Oh, you're talking about Cunnilingus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Being like, yeah, yeah. I could taste his. I could taste his knees. <laughs> there are, however, ways to identify a man as a werewolf if one wants to keep that person far away from their vulnerable infants or infants to be. If you see a pale hairy man with long ears and a crooked nose with callus-covered hands. Of course, callus is from running on all fours. You might have a werewolf on your hands. You might be a werewolf. <laughs> I, so what are you supposed to do? Just kill him? I saw no mention of what you're supposed to do after you identify the creature. Yeah, you shoot him in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you shoot you, him in the head with a silver bullet and then tell the cops, oh, he was a werewolf. Ah! Yeah. So God forbid. Thank you. <laughs> God forbid a fucking, you know, a basketball player from Latvia is in your town. He is not going to do well. Thank you for killing the werewolf. You're a cop now. <laughs> this responsibility I cannot have. Now, as far as how werewolves entered Brazilian lore, it's probably a result of Portuguese colonists bringing European folklore across the ocean. It may also be that the maned wolf who haunts Brazil may have at one time had a reputation for eating unattended babies in their cribs. Although so this is unlikely considering its reputation for good luck. Plus, it's more of a chicken thief than anything. I yeah. feel, well, werewolf lore has kind of been around for forever. Yeah, it probably did come from European origins, but also it's, we, we talk about like when we did our werewolf episode back, back, back in the day and any material you read about a werewolf, most of the time it's used to describe uh, an, an antiquated way of describing psychopathy 
or antisocial personality disorder or some version of he's an asshole yeah. who murders a bunch of people. Yeah, because it's, it's speculated that Joanopolis is the werewolf capital because it believes it's the werewolf capital. Which, it, it, you know, it does work that but, way. But the mental disorder known as lycanthropy, in which a person believes he is a werewolf and acts violently as a result, can be created and made worse by communities in which werewolf belief is strong. Look at possessions. Yeah. Possessions oftentimes happens with people that believe in an orthodox version of a religion. Mm -hmm. So, the cryptid here might just be man itself. Yes! Man <laughs> is the wolf! Now, obviously, the people of Joanopolis are obsessed with werewolves, and our next cryptid town, Churubusco, Indiana, wow. is no less obsessed, although their cryptid is nowhere near as dangerous. Churubusco, population 1200, has the Beast of Busco, which is a massive snapping turtle that was first seen in the year 1898 by a farmer named Oscar Folk. Yep. See, <laughs> it's a big turtle. <laughs> See, one day, Oscar came to town raving that he'd seen a giant snapping turtle at the lake on his farm, but no one believed him. Nobody believed me. You could see. Come on out. It's a big turtle. <laughs> no, you worry now. Go look. <laughs> Saddest. It's exciting in the world. Because turtles are cool. Turtles are great. I but love they turtles. do just sit there. Well, no, they move. Stacking and turtles fuck your ass up. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. But nobody believe in old Oscar Falk all changed, and of course it changed after Oscar was too dead to be vindicated, when two men named Aura Blue and Charlie Wilson saw a snapping turtle at Oscar Falk's old farm in 1949. By their estimation, that turtle weighed at least 500 pounds. Yep. Woo! That's a big turtle. <laughs> it's big. How much you think it weighs, Charlie? Mm, about 500 pounds. <laughs> That's big. That's real big. Too big. <laughs> now, I don't know if either one of you have any experience with snapping turtles. And no. I'd imagine you probably do. I had one in my swimming pool when I was a kid. It yeah. was insane. It, like, it bit through the, the pool skimmer when we tried to get it out. Yeah. Well, oh, just from, like, it, it got into the pool. It wasn't invited It was in. stuck in the pool. Oh, yeah, because we yeah. live next to a lake in Florida. Yeah. So these things find their way in if you don't have, like, a closed-off pool area. Yeah. Is it true? Do they bite dicks? They'll bite anything. Anything. Don't wow. bite your fucking finger off. Bro. No, I'm not trying your to fuck with it. Shit, like, yeah. They'll fucking destroy you. Dude, I grew up among these creatures. Yes, they are slow, but even a small one can do a lot of damage if you get too close. They're uh, not slow in the water. No, they're not slow in the water at all. Yeah, every pond or you know swimming hole or lake or anything that we went to, there's always snapping turtles around. This is why of all of the cryptids, I feel like the idea of a very, very, very big turtle mm -hmm. makes sense yes yeah. that could happen yeah and as i was told if a snapping turtle grabs hold of your hand it won't let go until it hears a thunderclap yeah Ooh. yeah and that's why what... you need to get somebody over there who's got one of those big butts slap it up and down <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all that is to say that while a snapping turtle is nowhere near as dangerous as a werewolf nor is it anywhere as sexy no jack nicholson is never going to play a big snapping turtle uh, unfortunately have you seen the pictures of him on the boat with the models eating the <laughs> <Yeah>. sandwich <laughs> i think he i think he's been preparing he's, for that role he's for, ready for snapping turtle for about a decade yeah we'll bring michelle pfeiffer back oh yeah <laughs> dana carvey could play a snapping turtle no, no, you not um, Tudelina for you? <laughs> <laughs> Maligned film. Yes. 
But that, again, is to say that a 500-pound version of a snapping turtle could fucking kill you. Oh, yeah. And you probably you probably have to shoot it, like, a bunch of times with a shotgun, mm-hmm. and it'll keep coming a bunch. I mean, it's got natural armor on it. Yeah. Yeah, shotgun probably won't do nothing to a 500-pound snapping turtle unless you shoot it in the face. I think you have to shoot it in the face much. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to come at your face first. Throw yeah. a grenade at it. Yeah. I saved the snapping <laughs> turtle's life once. It was in the road, and I picked it up by the sides, and I threw it off the road. So you're saying if nice. the beast of Busco comes upon you, it'll see you and go, you may pass. <laughs> You're one of the good ones. <laughs> I told this story many years ago, but yeah, I, I did kill a snapping turtle once accidentally Another with love. With, with love? With love, yeah. Would you I, hugged it a bunch? No, yeah. I captured it and I wanted it to make it my pet because I really liked it because it was snapping a lot and mm-hmm. I thought it was cool because it was a creepy animal. But I thought like, well, what do I like to eat? And I liked eating cheese a lot when I was a kid. Oh. So I only fed this herbivore cheese uh, and it uh, it died. How yeah. long did it last? A few days until I think the constipation killed it. Yeah, I yeah. think that the cheese gunked up the works. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to eat kelp. I've, I felt bad about that one for a while. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Now, the first account... <laughs> move on. Move on. Yeah, move on Just with your move life. On. Move on. Now, the first account of the Beast of Busco in newspaper articles appears in 1949 and involves the man who would make the Beast of Busco famous, a farmer named Gail Harris. As Farmer Gale put it, he saw a gigantic snapping turtle as large as a tabletop in the seven-acre lake on his property. See this table? You see this table? Yeah. See how long it is? Yeah. Okay. See how wide it is? Yeah, I do. Three chairs on one side. (laughs) Three chairs on the other side. Yeah. About how big that turtle was. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. What do you think it eats? Kelp. (laughs) Kelp. Killed me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this seven-acre lake just so happened to be the lake formerly owned by Oscar Falk. Possessing little imagination, though, Farmer Gale named the creature Mr. Turtle. (laughs) 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 Not satisfied, the locals renamed it after the lake's former owner, Oscar, or they would call it the Beast of Busco. Farmer Gale, however, soon became obsessed with removing the turtle from his lake, either because he wanted to turn it into a tourist attraction or because giant turtles just plain freaked him out. It might be just that. Yeah. Like having a very large turtle just hanging around <laughs> for a while would be weird because I feel like I wouldn't want to be naked around it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to just, I wouldn't be able to casually walk. I think if I was out there grilling and I just saw a turtle just going like, ah. <laughs> uh, like a 700 pound 500 table pound, please let's not embellish hey <laughs> I'm the marketer here right, you gotta bump it up but either way Farmer Gale made multiple attempts to remove Oscar using methods that became increasingly silly over time first Gale hired a crane and an operator to use that crane come out to the lake to see if he could grab up Oscar as if it were a huge claw game that's fun it's fun that's I'm, fun for a, a crane operator now, he was was he married no Oscar yeah. or uh, uh farmer Gale? Gale yeah yeah he was married wow what a patient woman uh, oh I, think I she, don't know I if don't it know. was I don't know because things went downhill I don't know if she was too happy about this yeah yeah uh, and the crane operator was apparently very annoyed. Ah. Like it was not, it was a waste of his day. Cause he was sticking the claw in looking for Oscar. Yeah. And farmer girl's like, no, to the left, to the left, left. I can see him. There's hump. Yeah. There's hump. Well, you look for the head that comes up. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cause that's what snapping turtles do. You look for the, they bob up and you can see like, oh, there's snapping turtle over there. We used to sit around, you know, fucking swimming holes and just look up. There's one. There's one. Yeah. 
If what you, was I going to do? I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I'm glad. You didn't collect guns. You nope. didn't show up at the Alamo well, saying, the ones, I wish I was there. Well, some of the guys with the guns, that was part of the thing, is that you wait for the turtle to in the, in the blow it up. Yeah, but that wasn't me. I didn't do that. I was tenderhearted. That's nice. I was tenderhearted. I didn't like killing. But you did kill a snapping turtle. It's a whole long, it's another I, story. That Again, that was love. That was like. I killed death. it with love. Yes, oh, he yeah. did it like he was Gypsy Rose Blanchard. D.D. <laughs> <laughs> <Dee> Blanchard. <laughs> <laughs> well, next, Gail gave $400 to three ex-Navy divers, including cool. one with a reputation for, quote, the failure of his diving suits. When was this? Uh, this is 1949. That's a lot of money. Yeah, hey, man. for 1949, it's a lot of money to hey. give to a man named Woodrow Rigsby. Yeah, Woodrow <laughs> Rigsby is going to be fucking having sex with your house plants. <laughs> but you can't, uh, this is, again, this is post-war, right? So this is 1949. People are fucking flush with money. You got nothing. This is a land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Everybody's excited to see. I mean, like, they got a lot of times it's nice because Farmer Gale was probably just got done hunting after Jerry in the fucking, like, outside of Berlin. So now he's just looking for a, he's looking for something else because he couldn't get his hands around goddamn Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was, like, a 20,000 leagues under the sea, like, scuba suit, like, where the tube went into the house. It was kind of <gasps> like that. Yeah, with the big, like, the crank and the, and the tube attached to the thing. Well, one story said that Rigsby ordered the wrong suit. And that the plan was abandoned because once, you know, they all got up there, they made a big deal. The suit arrived like, whip, I ain't going to work. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Right. Yep. But another story says that Rigsby made a second order from Milwaukee and walked the floor of the lake using weighted shoes in search of Oscar to no avail. Visibility's got to be shit down there. It's too. garbage yeah. in there. It's no, got to be. Yeah, it's probably a dirt lake in the fucking middle of Indiana. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. From there, Farmer Gale decided that he was going to make the turtle come to him instead of going to the turtle. About time. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, there was a female turtle in the lake that was said to be Oscar's mate, Myrtle the turtle. Now, this turtle, she's a fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's going to get up here looking for her. I wish I could stop having sex with her. I can't, though. <laughs> she was captured and used as love bait, as Farmer Gale put it. But when Oscar didn't bite, Myrtle was set free. After that, Farmer Gale shipped in a turtle from Florida all the way to Indiana. That turtle was named Minnie. And Farmer Gale thought that maybe he could use some forbidden fruit to lure Oscar out. This reminds me of our, if we did horses, our sketch horses, oh, yeah. which is like you take the turtle and you put a bikini on it, yeah. and you put a wig on it, and you put a circle around, around its pussy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait for him to come get it. Yeah. Minnie, however. No one can resist. <laughs> Honey, help me make this turtle more sexy. All right, what I gotta do? All right, now what I need to do is now, honey. Now I just need to say, I know you've been patient. All right, everybody in town's mad at me, but this is gonna be one last shot. Now, keep putting things on this turtle until I'm horny. <laughs> All right, what else? Now it seems to me that you're out of lipstick because of me. <laughs> hmm. Maybe I use paint. <laughs> Minnie, however, was not as lucky as Myrtle, because after she failed, she was killed and eaten at a potluck. It's a fucking gun to the back of its head, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. You ever eat turtle? Uh, no. It's yeah. good in soup. It's all right. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's chewy like gator. It's okay. like gator. It's like, like very, gator. It, it's got like that style. It's got a fishy texture, kind of a brackish taste. It mm. mostly tastes, I actually compare it a lot to snails, to escargot. Oh, I love snails. I love them. You don't it's like a, snails? I love them. I'm fine with them. 
What do you mean? They're like shrimp, but slimy. They're like shrimp fucked an oyster. They're fine. (laughs) I feel like it's like one of those things where like Holden McNeely, that's his favorite meal, which makes a lot of sense. Well, he's a lizard. Yes. Yeah, he likes chewy gooeys. For me, I'm not fully into chewy gooeys. I never like gushers. So I don't know if I like them when they're seafood based because they are just little gushers. Isn't it hard for, we couldn't get him to eat sushi, but he'll eat snails? Oh yeah, he'll eat snails. He lives in lettuce. Yep. Now back to Farmer Gale. He was at this point desperate and probably increasingly embarrassed that he couldn't capture a big turtle. It's Did he turtle. ever see it? Uh, he saw it. Okay. But I think it was one of those things where when no one else was around, he'd see it. Yeah, the Oscar would come up and just go like, fuck you. <laughs> he were like, I know you're real. I know you're <laughs> Farmer Gale made one last attempt at capturing Oscar by taking the drastic step of draining the 65-foot deep lake himself. After 18 days of constant pumping, the lake was down to 15 feet, and Farmer Gale declared that Oscar was finally within his grasp. I got him! At that point, a 10-pound snapping turtle was captured. But Farmer Gale insisted that this paltry excuse for a monster was not his turtle. Mm -hmm. And 10 pounds is actually fairly small for a snapping turtle. Yeah, it's it's not a big... That's Wendy's size. Yeah, predictably... Farmer Gale's last efforts failed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like maybe Rick Moranis came through here with his patented shrinking ray. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened. Somebody shrunk my turtle. By March of 1950, though, after almost a year of this, Gale slowly began to notice that his turtle obsession had undone his life. He destroyed everything. This is what we talk about, how ufology and getting into high strangeness as a full-time, quote-unquote, money-making career strips everything from you. No, no. UFOs ruin lives. Cryptids ruin lives. Again and again and again, over and over and over. There's never been a single person who's ever made, like, a good living. The mayor of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, actually, is he is crushing it. Yeah, he's he's crushing it. This guy had lakefront property, and he ruined it. Yes. Yeah. He made it (laughs) whole front property. Yeah, a seven-acre lake. Like, just perfect. How do you... That's so... 18 days seems like it's not even that long. He probably had... He was probably being like, this is it. Got as many people draining it as humanly possible. He drained himself. He got his tractor. He got a big pump and just, you know, bump, bump, bump. He probably flooded one of his fields to do it. He's a fucking idiot. no one killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, monster hunters were still turning up in droves. And Farmer Gale remarked that he wasn't even able to get his daily chores done for all the crowds he had to address. He'd also gone quite deep into debt on his turtle expedition. He had to pay for the crane operator, the 400 bucks for the fucking divers, the pump that he had to buy. So much shipping in a turtle from Florida. Yeah, he shipped in a giant turtle. In that could have been that uh, could have been the turtle. Yeah. Like he could have just gotten that turtle and been like, here's the big turtle. <laughs> But it weren't even that big of turtles. It's just regular sized turtles. But then why would it want to fuck the small turtle? But, yeah. Well, because apparently the beast of Busco likes him petite. <laughs> <laughs> like he's fucking like what's his name? Like he's the he, Lexington Steel. <laughs> 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 well, by the end of that summer, Farmer Gale and his wife were forced to put their 120 acre farm and all their equipment up for auction. Yep. Having never found the beast of Busco. Absolutely nothing left. What kind of farm was it? Don't know. 
Indiana corn, probably corn, corn or, or like uh, soybeans or some um, shit. I do they don't they uh, they have a lot of sorrow. I think it was a <laughs> sorrow field. Five years later, though, Farmer Gale's drained lake suddenly swallowed up 150 yards of road, sinking it by 12 feet. Now, some say that this is because an underwater cavern collapsed under the road, the very cavern where Oscar made his home. This, they say, is why Farmer Gale was never able to capture his quarry, because Oscar always had a place to hide. It's also why Oscar has not been seen since, because he may have died in the collapse. No, he's home. This guy should have died in prison. <laughs> he should have been torn apart by like 10 snapping turtles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what they say about Loch Ness. Yeah. Right? The idea is that the let Nessie hides in some form of like one of the theories that Nessie's real is the fact that it might be a some form of modern plesiosaur or gi- literally or a, just a very, very, very big fish that lives in a cavern in the bottom of Loch Ness, but they've sent, you know, they've, they've looked for it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Or that there's a cavern or there's a tunnel that's leading from Loch Ness out, out to the ocean. To some other place. Yeah. And it just comes back because it likes it there. Yeah. yeah. Love Scotland. Yeah. The road, however, continues to sink to this day. And it is now widely thought that the real cause of the collapse was Farmer Gale's overzealous destruction of a natural habitat due to his obsession with a big turtle. He fracked his own house. Yeah. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> But even though its search resulted in chaos, the town of Churubusco celebrate the Churubusco Turtle Days Festival every June. That's fun. Complete with a parade, a carnival, and the Miss Turtle Days pageant. Sponsored by Surf Internet. You know, I wish, because you know it's always some beautiful woman for Miss Turtle Days. Mm -hmm. I wish it was a turtly woman. (laughs) All right, let me look and see who won. Did you see who won? I didn't see who won. I want to see. It doesn't seem like a very formal affair from what I could tell. Yeah, you don't think it means the woman who looks most like a turtle in town? That would be incredible. That would be be horrible. No, it wouldn't. That would celebrate. It's like, was it the the celebrate? It was the the parade of fools like in the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Wasn't Where that, they go and they are like, no, no, that was the that was to celebrate meant to humiliate him. No, it's to celebrate the unfortunates. <laughs> can we not say it's the unfortunates the, anymore? It's called you the celebration the of the fools. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's still you know, look, it's little girls. Yeah, it's little girls. Yeah, that's well, I'm sad now. <laughs> it's actually now entirely inappropriate because it's actually it's a beauty pageant for little girls. I'm glad you looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> They are just very sweet little. Otherwise, we would have just been talking about them. Yeah, Yeah. just (laughs) sweet little girls. It's an extraordinarily innocent affair. I mean, last year they had a Cinderella impersonator come into a meet and greet. Yeah, they had a baby crawling contest. See, I just thought it'd be like a woman with a sloped, kind of like (laughs) pin-shaped head, just going like, "Normally, I sleep in the forest, (laughs) but today I'm allowed to come to town." But no, they don't. Apparently, no, no. Yeah, they take a little test that's about appearance. Public speaking ability and personality, which is this is weird. And the girl with the three highest scores in each age group will be recognized. But I don't know if what the means by you got best personality. I don't know what that means. It's a, it's a, we had one uh, back home, like in the near and the next town over in Haskell. Uh, it was the, the Prairie Days, the Prairie Days pageant. I yeah. think, yeah. yeah. Best personality is usually ugliest. Usually, <laughs> usually, no. Yeah. They sometimes say that I give the children nightmares, but now everyone can see 
I'm just a lady. <laughs> it's like it usually goes to whatever girl's nickname Stonehands. Yeah. <laughs> well, the baby crawling contest that's sponsored by Brevin's Eatery and Lounge. Ooh, oh, okay. And local musician Gary Jones performed an acoustic act on the main Turtle Day stage. Oh, wow. And to top it all off, on Saturday night, there was a fireworks display last year put on by Camtor Pyrotechnics. Is this all just sponsor? Are we just saying all the sponsors? <laughs> of the- it's, it's run by what seems like an incredibly sweet man named Matt Green. So if you're in the market for a fireworks show in northeastern Indiana... Go Camtor. But I will say, due to the region that he's from, we do not subscribe to any of the political views no. or opinions of Matt Green. I we didn't know what he This is what I'm saying. I checked, we, out, I checked out his Facebook page and he kept it sweet. Yeah. That's what I'll say. No politics. Kept it sweet. Hey it's man, all about turtles. Keep it to turtles. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing Turtles and fireworks. Yeah. Fly from your grave. Texas Pete is a sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try Every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some chop. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of chop. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! 
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. Now I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. But while the beast of Busco has taken a turn to the area of the entirely wholesome, some cryptid towns like Abbeville, Alabama, have a bit of an edge. There, you can hear the legend of a giant seven-foot-tall woman named Huggin' Molly. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've met her, I think. I think she just won the Miss Turtle Days pageant in Indiana, so she was coming up. You showed me a picture of her at the beginning, right? Yes. <laughs> I think she showed up to a couple of our meet and greets back when we met the fans. I love a Huggin' Molly. Well, according to the story, Huggin' Molly is a ghost as big around as a bale of cotton. Aww. She wears a long black dress, and if Huggin' Molly hears you wandering around at night, she'll chase you down hug you, and scream in your ear. Ah, it's almost delightful. Yeah, almost delightful. No, she just screams and screams. She got me last night. No, you thought you met Huggin' Molly. You met uh, Screaming Teresa. That's the <laughs> mayor's dog. She's pretty much allowed to run of these, of these here parts. All right? You just better just, like, just let her finish. Yeah, she's not as big let as her... a bale of cotton as much as she's big as a bale of hay. Yeah, she's just... she's a, It's more of her presence. Her presence is stifling. Man, I don't want to start that band, the Screaming Teresa's. Yeah. <laughs> Well, interestingly, the bones for the Hug and Molly legend are hundreds of years old and usually involves a woman wearing a long black cloak stalking the night for people to hug to death. I love a tall woman. Yeah. Especially a strong one. I like when they were lifting weights and stuff. I think it's great. I also like to be held. Yeah. Yeah. Lift me up. Toss me around. Mm Mm-hmm. But while Abbeville, Alabama doesn't base their entire economy around Hug and Molly, there is a 1950s throwback restaurant called Hug and Molly's. It's been around since 2006. According to its website, it serves burgers, shakes, and friendly hugs. Can I skip the hug? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Come on up, Molly. Molly, you get him. He's from New York City. Oh, put your head in between my, my shit. And, and then you're just like, my God, I'm never leaving this town ever again. <laughs> One friendly hug, and next thing I know, I'm now the proprietor of Hug and Molly's. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Try the chili. 
<laughs> now, so far, we've had creatures of wonder, creatures of fear, and creatures of folklore. But for our next cryptid town, we'll be discussing a creature of woe. Now, I don't want to, like, you know, derail, but that's all we got on Hug and Molly? That's all we got on Hug and Molly. That's all, because tall woman. Yeah, it's just a big woman who grabs people and screams so she's in the She's the only one that actually existed, it seems. That is, Hook and Molly was around. There is no way that there was not an OG Hug and Molly, but I feel like I would love to meet Hug and Molly. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You talk to her for four minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but well, then I've just been like, let's get in with the hugging. Yeah. There was one other thing where it was said that Hug and Molly was based on a teacher, a professor from one of the local colleges who would roam the streets at night to make sure that students didn't stay out too late and she would scream at them to get them to go away. Ah, yeah. She's who's married to the mascot of the Crimson Tide. It's an elephant. It's an elephant. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> you know, listen, they're all talking about, oh, wow, this is actually a fun website for hugging mollies. Yeah, it is. But this creature of woe that I speak of is the gloomy, downhearted cryptid known as the squonk. Squonk. Just gonna put this out there. Don't. He's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Squonk's an asshole. People are too sad. He's like the, he's dashboard confessional. Yeah. Style. Yeah. Okay. He's sad all the time. What were you saying? Don't to. What'd you think I was gonna tell? Thought you were gonna talk about fucking the squonk against its will. I'm not talking about. I mean, I'm not saying it's LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm saying it's into it. Okay, no, we can't say that. Yeah, you're fucking, yeah. No, we you can't say that the squonk likes to be raped. No, I didn't no, say that. No, it says yes, and then it cries. Yeah. <laughs> Crying is its natural reaction. <laughs> I asked the same thing the first time I was fucking it, and it started crying. I felt bad, and then afterwards, it's like, no, I like this. This is as good as I feel. This is the, honestly, it's the best I felt all day. <laughs> I'm just crying because I'm thinking about tomorrow. Tomorrow when I'm not getting it. Because right now while you're filling all my jagunda holes, I know somebody gives a shit. Oh, I'm out of Pepsi. Oh. Now, this creature hails from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which, according to listener Brandy, is a town known for its high crime rate, a devastating dam failure that killed over 2,000 people in 1889, and the squonk. They all fit together. Yep. yep. Now, the squonk is by no means a new invention. Accounts first appeared back in 1910, and while its place of origin sometimes differs, its physical appearance is what the squonk is known for, as it is by far the least attractive of the cryptids. Hey, you know... Isn't that unattractive of all the cryptids? I think of all the cryptids. I mean, that's what it's, it's <laughs> reputation. <laughs> no, it is it's, definitely. It's reputation is that, is, that is the, its whole thing is that it's so ugly that it's sad. I think it just kind of looks like Al Roker with his clothes off. <laughs> it's probably John Fetterman. <laughs> hey, hey. He's a, we have to defend our most Shrek-like politician. <laughs> just crying into his hoodie all the time. <laughs> he is clinically depressed. As it was originally described in the book Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwood, the squonk is, quote, a most retiring, bashful, crepuscular animal, meaning that it is most active during the hours of twilight. Crepuscular sounds like an insult, but it is not. 
Physically, the squonk's skin hangs about its body in such a way as to imply that it may have originally belonged to another creature, and this is in addition to its many warts and molds. No, I just lost a lot of weight, <laughs> and I'm a ref- I can't buy new clothes. I'm scared to buy new clothes, and the reconstructive surgery killed Kanye's mother. <laughs> I can't do it. Zipping me up. Because it's so ugly and so small to boot, resembling a potbelly pig in size and shape <laughs> the squonk is said to always be unhappy to say the least and as a consequence leaves a tear-stained trail wherever it goes as it trudges through existence Paris Hilton will never buy me <laughs> no one will have me in their home no one wants to invite me to dinner no one's railing me. <laughs> what am I going to do? So it's not even angry. It's just sad. It's yeah. just sad. Oh, no. It's just sad. It's so sad that it makes you angry. Oh, okay. Well, I know that. You don't <laughs> care about me. Because all you see, you don't care about my stories. <laughs> the squawk is also said to have had the world's worst defense mechanism. When cornered, surprised, or frightened, the squawk becomes so upset that it supposedly dissolves itself into a puddle of tears. I'm a victim. (laughs) Everywhere I go, I'm blamed for everything. I'd hang myself, but my rope is itchy. I'm so sick of being sad. (laughs) Now, the squonk was admittedly the invention of author William Thomas Cox, who in 1910 wanted to bring attention to the destruction of the native hemlock plant due to an invasive insect species. And he used the squonk as a sort of a hook to bring attention to his cause. Not a single person has ever once thought about that issue ever since. He ruined (laughs) the entire fucking thing. He is a moron and he was wrong. But thank you for the squonk. Yeah. He claimed that the squonk was once plentiful around the high plains when vegetation was more abundant. But when the climate changed and the plains turned to grassland, the squonk migrated to the swamps of Pennsylvania. Oh, now I gotta move to Allentown. (laughs) Allentown sucks. Billy Joel's second worst song. (laughs) Next to Piano Man. Yeah, I don't like Piano Man. (gasps) Or Sweet Caroline. (laughs) That's Neil Diamond, sir. (laughs) Yo, I'm wrong about everything. (laughs) There, Cox wrote, the squonk evolved webbing only on its left foot because it never wanted to go all the way into the water. It's cold. I like to swim in a circle so I go nowhere. So everybody knows my life is pointless. I'm aimless. Actually, that is part of the legend. The squonk, if it gets into the water, it will swim into a circle until it dies of starvation. Thank God I'm dead. I just can't believe it took so long. And one can find the skeletons of squonks covering the lake beds and swamp bottoms of Pennsylvania. Full of fish shit. Yeah. Now, the squonk is a sad creature indeed. So every year, the hamlet of Johnstown, Pennsylvania, holds a festival of sorts called Squonkapalooza, where merrymakers go to let the squonk know that he is indeed loved. It's not enough. (laughs) Your squonk is everywhere. Oh, my God. How many people were called squonk until they fucking killed themselves? Oh, yeah. Been like, get this fuck out. Yeah. Like, do we really want to invite Jerry tonight? You know, he's a real fucking squonk. <laughs> hey, oh, you guys want to do karaoke? Karaoke's dumb. 
<laughs> the next Squonkapalooza is this August 24th, and it has a cryptid cosplay contest, plus guest speakers doing talks on cryptids. Cool. It's, it's more it's more cryptid-based than, like, Turtle Days. Okay. Otherwise, I have absolutely no idea what happens at Squonkapalooza, although it does seem like a weekend well spent. It yeah. does. I actually would love to go to Squonkapalooza. Yeah, you can enter the loosest skin contest. <laughs> hey, man, I'd win. I think I might win. You'd probably, Yeah, out of all the people I know, your skin is very loose. I got the side flaps. Yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, they're nice. They're fun. And when you shimmy, they move. Now I'm insulted. <laughs> if you did a handstand, your breasts would be a blindfold. I'm going to walk out of here. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. <laughs> now, while the squonk is admittedly the most emo cryptid to lean into, other towns tap into the fierceness of their local cryptid, like the people of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, with the legendary Hodag. Yeah, Hodag is like, he's a good old-fashioned mascot-style cryptid. Yeah, with sightings making the papers going all the way back to 1890, the Hodag has the head of a frog and the face of a giant grinning elephant. With short legs, huge claws, the body of a dinosaur, and a long tail covered in protruding spears. It's oh, very creative. All right, hold on. Okay, we got to go back. This is that's too much. It's, yeah. It is. So too it's much. got the head of a frog, uh -huh. but the face of a happy elephant. Yes, yes. So or a, gr a grinning elephant. A grinning elephant is not. You don't know if it's happy. Yeah, grinning is a sign of aggression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could be like the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, now, does the, it have a trunk? Uh, no. No. But it just has the face of a grinning elephant. But if you don't have the trunk, how do you have the face of a grinning elephant? The hodag and the squonk are by far the most made up of all of these. Yeah. That's how I put this. The hodag, is, it is a marketing ploy. I think it's just they saw an ugly man <laughs> and then, whose name was hodag. This frog-headed elephant-faced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Grinning like a maniac. I probably only said the word hodag. So, can we, I just, I really want to picture this in my head, if you don't mind. Sure. So, you said, it's a frog head, frog head. elephant face. Elephant face. What's next? Grinning elephant face. Uh, What's next? Short is legs. Short legs. Okay. Huge claws. Okay. Body of a dinosaur. Yeah. Think like a stegosaurus. Okay. And a long tail covered in spears like a stegosaurus. So stegosaurus body, frog, frog head, head, elephant, elephant face. face. Grinning. And with small legs. Yep. Well, stegosaurus has small legs, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it happy? Is it sad? What's the steal? No, it's, no, no. Oh, it's mean. Oh, okay. Now, while this sounds ridiculous, a local timber man named Eugene Shepard convinced a bunch of other lumberjacks back in 1893 that he'd seen the great beast. And they left town equipped with dynamite to take it down. God, it's so much fun. Yeah. I want to do that so bad. I want to go kill a big monster so bad. Yeah, with dynamite. Yeah. Nothing but dynamite. Soon after, they returned to town with the charred remains of something that was once large and alive. Uh, <laughs> although, don't really know what exactly it was. We blew something up. Yep. Buffalo. Yeah. Probably been a horse. Or a cow. Probably a big cow. Yeah. Or a bear. Ooh. Yeah. And the photographs, of course, went viral. From then on, Eugene Shepard was known as the Hodag Guy, which was a role he heavily leaned into. Sure. Reputedly a prankster who spent extravagantly but made a hodag guy's salary, Shepard was known to shove a lathered-up bar of soap in his mouth anytime his creditors caught up to him, and he'd snarl and howl like he had rabies until the creditors just gave up and went away. That's and actually a great idea. It yeah. is a fun idea. I always pretend to be my assistant. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Mr. Larson is unable to come to the phone. Well, as far as his hodag game went, he'd invite people over to his barn to see a living specimen, presumably for a small fee. And once the crowd arrived at the barn where Shepard said he kept his hodag, he'd say that he had to go in first to check to make sure it was safe. 
and he would always wear a nice suit for the Hodag show. This, this is one of my favorite bits. This yeah. is a great bit. I want to do this. Such a good bit. After disappearing into the darkness, the crowd would hear the sounds of gnashing, <gasps> tearing, <gasps> snarling, <gasps> roaring, and Clank! screaming. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> Down, boy. Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this would go on for a few minutes. Oh. And then oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm your father. I'm your father. (laughs) (laughs) Then Shepard would emerge with his nice new suit all ripped up. And he'd do that every time. He'd buy a new suit every time. Sorry, y'all. Hodag's pissed. That's what he would say. He's like, I apologize, but today the Hodag is in no mood for visiting. (laughs) That's a great show. Such a great show. It's almost worth it. I think it's worth it. (laughs) Now, Rhinelander, Wisconsin, the Hodag's hometown, is the definition of small town commerce built on a cryptid. It's the official symbol of the town, the mascot of the high school, and the mascot of many local businesses. They also have a festival. It's huge. They have by far the most successful cryptid theme festival out there, the Hodag Country Music Festival. Okay. An estimated 30 to 50,000 people attend every year. It's wow. big. It's yeah, big. It's like nine days long. They have an annual regional battle of the bands. Amazing. They've had Garth Brooks. Who looks like a Hodag. He does. <laughs> Talk about Yes, he does. <laughs> have you seen him lately? Yeah, well, he's more he, like Garth Brooks. We're pro Garth Brooks here on this show. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> Fattery gets the more I like him. Yeah, Reba McIntyre played. Tim McGraw plays. So all well, the Hodag looking. No, Reba McIntyre is beautiful. All the, all the ones who are better actors than musicians. Okay, yeah. yeah. You don't think Reba's good? I like Reba. Okay, I, I'm talking personal preference here. She's a like, great actor. I, like uh, she's a, that's what I mean. I prefer her as an actor. Interesting. And I also prefer Tim McGraw as an actor, as a musician. He was incredible in 1883. He really was. Him and Faith Hill were absolutely insanely good. I in was that show. so surprised yeah. how good they were. Oh well, was, yeah, he was so good. I didn't know. Yeah. You gotta so check it out. If you know Pretty Tim, much. if you know Tim McGraw, tell him, great job. Hell yeah, Reba, I love you as a singer. Yeah, but me too. Yeah, to give them something to talk about. That's Bonnie Raitt. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> who I'm also in love with. Bonnie Raitt's unbelievable. She is. She's more of a blues person. I would yeah. marry either one of these women, but I'm more gigged up. Sorry, ladies. Redheads. Yeah. Yep. All redheads. It works. Yeah. Interesting. But when it comes to hodgepodge cryptids in the towns that love them. The only one that rivals the Hodag is the Snallygaster of Frederick County, Maryland. Now, the Snallygaster's a nasty sum bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With sightings as far back as the 1700s, the Snallygaster got its name from German immigrants. They called it Der Schnellergeist, or Quick Spirit. That's cool. That evolves into Snallygaster. Der Schnellergeist just sounds like a Ramstein album, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> out of all the cryptids we've talked about today, the Snallygaster has the worst name, but it's also the creepiest. It has one eye, a big beak, a dragon-like body, and Lovecraftian tentacles spilling forth from its mouth. Fucking cool. sweet. I feel like it could be a, it could be a bunch of snakes. Could be. <laughs> you could see a bunch of snakes, but also, you know... We've a bunch of flying about, snakes? Who knows? But the Kraken... You know, for a long mm-hmm. time, was considered a mythical creature, and now we know that there are giant squids that come in and out. So yeah. it's like it could have been a squid-like thing, a squid-like, a flying squid-like thing, or jumping. Someone <laughs> threw an octopus. Yeah, then that's, like, that's your snallygaster. <laughs> I just think it's a great meal for if you do if that's a good like fun themed pulpo meal. Snallygaster. Yeah, snallygaster platter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. 
Additionally, the Snallygaster supposedly emits a sulfuric smell. It makes a screeching noise that sounds like a train whistle, and it lays eggs big enough to hatch a horse. Whoa! Whoa. Baby horse or full-grown full horse? Full-grown horse! Wow. Wow. wow! That's a big egg! They <laughs> love them horse eggs! <laughs> it lives in caves and mountain cliffs, and its favorite foods to snatch up are livestock and of course, children. children loves children. It's a caution. It's a cautionary cryptid. Don't go out into the forest, or else the snallygaster will get you. But like, all right. So like, how big is its urethra that it's laying <laughs> these eggs? It's a big old pussy. <laughs> like, like it, why would it just stop and eat children? But things that are laying horse size eggs. Things that are tentacly, right? They are mostly. I might be talking out of school they here. They are a lot of vagina. They're mostly tubes. Well, sometimes they got beaks down there. Yeah, yeah. but they are like tube-like things. Calamar. It's mm-hmm. all just tubes, mm-hmm. right? You know, eggs slipping out of that thing. It's all vagina. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a biologist. <laughs> In an alternative explanation of the Snallygaster, though, it said that it might be a sort of demon ghost spirit. Yeah, because I these are probably areas of the world that are actually kind of spooky. Well, like, this is Maryland, you know? So anywhere on the East Coast of America, you know, especially like once you're getting into like New England, it's just all spooky all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. very spooky. Yeah. After one sighting in which the Snallygaster drank an entire hundred-gallon tub of water, it actually spoke and said, quote, Mom, dry. I haven't had a good drink since I was killed in the Battle of Chickamauga. From that, people extrapolated that this beast must be the ghost of a Civil War soldier. (laughs) 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 But while the Snallygaster has been a part of Maryland folklore since before our country was even established, there was actually a report in 1909 that a man named Bill Gifferson was walking home when a winged creature snatched him up, slashed his throat with its beak, drained him of his blood, and dropped the corpse in a ravine. It's very similar to a Wolfman story, like the concept of you, uh, a fucking crazy person, a psychopath, mm-hmm. murdered the fuck out of somebody. Yeah. And instead of being like, you know, wrapping your head around like you got a guy that got like over the top, ultra killed by another human, you can apply it to some kind of animal, like a Sally guest. Yeah. Interestingly, that report came just a month after the first sightings of the Jersey Devil. Which kind of plays into the idea that cryptids are interdimensional beings that sometimes show up en masse, a la the cryptid flap. Cryptids are in the air. Yeah, at certain points in history. And it could be that at this point in history, two of the most well-known cryptids of this area of the country both appeared at the same time. Although the Jersey Devil does now have top billing. Now, this makes sense because like, it's a government area. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing experiments over there. One day they, they could have opened a door like in the mist. This <laughs> year, I really hope that we get into the Montauk project because yeah. I, we have a bunch of research now we're working on. But that concept of that has been around a long time. People geoengineering animals into some other new thing. You know, like it happened all over Stalin's Russia. Mm-hmm. Talking about making monkey human soldiers. Over. They wanted it. <laughs> they wanted it to be. Do you know about Stalin's monkey men? No. I'll send you a link. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. It'll challenge a lot of what you view about history. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we want. <laughs> but while the Jersey Devil has its own reputation, the Snallygaster, way back when, caught the attention of none other than President Teddy Roosevelt, who announced that he was going to hunt down the beast himself after his term ended. God, that's what every every 
president should end with a cryptid hunt. <laughs> it does kind of ruin his credibility, though. Technically, that's what Barack Obama's doing right now. Yeah. He's making alien documentaries and shit. He is on a cryptid hunt. He's going to end up on a fucking Annie show. And I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. When he's out there doing like, we're going to see, let's, you know, we're going to find this chupacabra. I don't know. I can't do an Obama impression. No. But the idea of him doing a, it's like him having a beer with a chupacabra, you know? I mean, he knows though. If they're aliens. He does know. He knows. He coyly plays off like he doesn't. That's the thing. Is that this sounds like it's not real. That Teddy Roosevelt was going to like, after my term's over, I'm going to go to Maryland. I'm going to hunt this creature down. It absolutely is. See, Teddy Roosevelt was famously a hunter, and he had an African safari planned for when he got out of office. But he reportedly considered postponing that safari to hunt the deadly Snallygaster. As the story goes, Roosevelt's interest was piqued not just by the 1909 story, but by the stories that preceded it. Reportedly, a trapper had been killed in the area by a wild beast, and his half-eaten remains were discovered by prospectors who had no idea what had killed him. This was, of course, enough cause for most people to steer clear of the area. Immediately sounds like uh, when cattle get mutilated yeah. by aliens. Or yeah, it's just a pile of flesh and bones. Yeah. Even so, a German trapper named Baumann and his partner decided to brave the killing fields in a quest for beaver pelts. <laughs> They just, yeah, we are. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Use your imagination. You know yeah. what I'm saying. You know what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> they decided to set traps in the area in which the Snallygaster's last victim had been found because they'd had good luck in that area before and they paid no heed to the warnings that a fearsome beast lurked within. But after sleeping in the area overnight, the two trappers awoke to discover that a bear had ransacked their camp, or so they thought at first. After one of them analyzed the tracks, he realized that this, quote-unquote, bear was walking on two legs. There must be something insane about this bear. There's no way this was a guy. (laughs) Well, bears, if they hurt one of their front paws, walk on two legs. Yeah, they walk around. and Sometimes a bear will have, like, a brain injury or, like, have a fungus. This is real. And they will walk around on two legs. Like, a dog or a cat can do that as well. That's the thing. They wrote it off as a fluke. Yep. And they continued their beaver hunt. But the next night at midnight, an odor entered their camp that was so strong that it actually woke Bauman out of his sleep. Sorry, it was me, (laughs) your partner. (laughs) He then saw a, quote, great body walking through the camp. So he grabbed his rifle and fired. He missed and the creature escaped. Thank God, because if not, Scarlett Johansson would not have made it to present time. It's true. (laughs) So you're saying that Scarlett Johansson is a time traveler. From the year 1910. And her father's a snallygaster. (laughs) She's a great body. I'll put that in there. For the next few... It's commentary. (laughs) Pop culture commentary. Pop culture commentary. Which you're very good at. Thank you. For the next few days, Bauman and his partner would go out to check their traps, but they would return each time to find their camp either disturbed or destroyed. Finally, though, they decided to watch for the creature at camp in shifts. But on that very night, they heard several harsh, grating long moans. Let's get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) After that, they decided it was probably time to leave. Now, they woke up the next morning intending to leave the area, but there was still the matter of the beaver traps. By noon, there were still three left to collect, so Bauman volunteered to collect the traps himself while his partner sat down to make one more camp. Do you watch alone? 
My no. one of my favorite shows in the world. No. Where they said it's it's basically naked and afraid, but legit. Yeah. Where they are allowed, they go and they have to live for as long as possible in this remote area. They get like to bring 10 things with them and set and snares and stuff like that. Like they're good at they, naked and afraid. They suck. Everybody sucks on that show. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, but alone, they really do it. It's, it's like shit, a real show. Yeah. I it's, love it. it's weird because I feel like they could. If you're going to capture cryptid, that's why we're not doing. They, everyone like, there's always like a philosophy about Bigfoot because no one wants to hurt it. For the most part, there. Well, there's one camp that says shoot a Bigfoot in the head if you see it. Yeah. And there's another camp saying that we have to capture it and study it. Worse, technically yeah. a worse life of the Bigfoot. Is there a third camp that's like leave it alone? Yes. There, well, that's the scat camp. Oh, okay. yes. That's the one that says follow the Bigfoot until it takes a shit and then put that in a jar and study it. That's yeah. the proof. Yeah. But I wonder, like, if you were going to capture a cryptid, that's how you do it. Probably. Yeah. But when Bauman returned. He found his friend dead with a broken neck and four great fang marks on his throat. By looking at the tracks in camp, Bauman surmised that the creature had snuck up behind his partner, broke his neck, and sank his teeth into the throat. The OJ defense. Oh, <laughs> it certainly was not me because I would not have had anything to do with the murder if it wasn't for that stinking waiter. <laughs> he learned karate and dared defy me. After realizing what happened, Bauman claimed to have run out into the woods with his rifle to avenge his friend. He was going to find the real killer. I couldn't find that, that squid creature anyway. So he got into his Bronco. He put his best friend next to him in the car. It was a car. It was a white Bronco but it was a horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, he, and he took over the whole trail. Like, yeah. And he did a slow trot with his white Bronco. Unable to find the creature. Oh, what? Now, this story was so convincing to Teddy Roosevelt that he published it in his book, The Wilderness Hunter, making it one of the very, very few cryptid encounters to have been validated by a mainstream figure. By a president. By a president, yes. By a Mount Rushmore president. Yes. Yeah. But also, like, Teddy Roosevelt wrote, like, a lot of books. He wrote, like, 40 books. Still. Yeah. Like, yeah but the, still. Only, the only cryptid-based Yeah, it wasn't, president? like, Dreams of My Father. Like, it was just another thing that he just wrote and shat out, like, with all his naval books. Was Dreams of My Father about a cryptid? No, it wasn't. But yeah, it was a big book. Fucking, I'm yeah. saying it was like a big book. It's not like fucking Obama better. and Dreams of My Father put in like the time that he fucking ran into the Jersey Devil. You know what I needed? That. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely needed this, the chapter about the Jersey Devil in it for me to care. Teddy Roosevelt got shot in the chest. Yeah. Yeah, during his speech and he finished his speech. Finished his speech, yeah. Incredible man. It's fucking cool. Yeah, should have made that promise about not running for a second term. It was the worst thing he ever did. Whole Landscape American politics different right now. I don't even care. Wouldn't have Taft. I, I know. Wouldn't have Taft. You know, Teddy Roosevelt and Taft were, used to be best friends, enemies. I just really? like their, I like their mustache. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because you know. And then his cousin, four terms. Yep. <laughs> yeah, four terms, no legs. Yeah. yeah. And his cousin also married his favorite cousin. Wow. Yep. Eleanor was Teddy's favorite cousin. Wow. This is like the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> <laughs> Today, however. Many cryptozoologists believe that the creature who killed the trapper was not the Snallygaster, but an ornery Bigfoot. All right. Oh, come on. We know that he does not, Bigfoot does not come into the Chesapeake Bay area. How did this guy get away with killing his <laughs> he friend? He killed his buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's what happens. It's like the most elaborate <sighs> lie that everyone's like, yeah, that sounds about right. It yeah, must have been the Stanley Gaston. Up to the president. It's like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> well, it's because they were excited. Yeah. It shows like the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Weirdly, though, the Snallygaster is also the only cryptid that I know of that's also a racist. Mm -hmm. After the Civil War, it was said that the Snallygaster only ate black people, and specifically black people who voted Democrat as opposed to the party of Lincoln. So was this guy black? 
No. No, German. So it's a lie. <laughs> the whole thing's fucking shit. This, but this was actually deadly serious. This is where like cryptid stuff kind of reflects. It gets very society. This is when cryptid stuff gets very, very dark. Okay. Because shit like this, it was a pretty much a thinly veiled threat. It would yes. imply don't vote. It would well, it would imply to newly freed black people if you don't fall in line, if you don't do what we say. You're going to die one way or another. The snap, quote unquote, quote snallygaster, unquote, snallygaster is going to come get you. Yeah, it's going to get you. There was, however, a newspaper report in 1932 that a snallygaster had actually been killed. As the story was relayed in the Valley Register, a snallygaster had fallen into a 2,500-gallon vat of illegal moonshine in a secluded location called Frog Hollow after being overcome by the moonshine fumes. Tell you what, this sounds this sounds like merch. Yes. <laughs> Selling liquor with a tentacle of a snallygaster at the bottom of it. You let the tentacle touch your lips. That's it. That's it. Since these were Prohibition days, the five workers at the illegal still fled for West Virginia once the snallygaster fell in. But the next day, two revenuers found the illegal alcohol manufacturing plant along with the dead snallygaster in the vat. But since large amounts of lye had been used to speed up the moonshine manufacture, the only evidence left of the snallygaster were its bones because the lye had dissolved its flesh. But not concerned with what this discovery might mean to cryptozoology, the revenuers focused on destroying the operation instead and blew up the vat along with the remains of the dead snallygaster with 500 pounds of dynamite. Snallygaster is the one with the most bodies attached to it because all these people use the snallygaster to cover their crime. Yeah. <laughs> that was a man that fell in the vat. Yeah. That was absolutely a guy or that fell in the vat. four men. Yeah. Because that's a lot of bones. Yes. Yeah. It might have been that the revenuers, yeah, had, you know, stop or I'll shoot. And the man fell into the vat and then fell into a big vat of lye. And then, uh, you know, it was like, you know, the Joker except dead. Yeah. Now we yeah, because yeah, the Joker would have died. Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. do you think that it would have, they used the Snallygaster again for fear to get people to stop brewing liquor? Who no, knows? No, because it's dead. Oh, okay. At that point, yeah. All but right. still, just the idea of it being around. It yeah. likes it. It does. He does like it, yeah. But perhaps in honor of this story, a beer festival is held every year in Washington, D.C. called the Snallygaster. Yeah. Where a bunch of small brewers set oh, up fun. in a parking lot and everyone gets drunk while reggae, ska, and electronic artists play on two different stages. Tickets are available at SnallygasterDC.com. And we have no affiliation with them and they might be angry that we're doing it. But at the same time, go pick up tickets at SnallygasterDC.com. Uh, we're not going to do a direct call to action. We will say the tickets are available at SnallygasterDC. <laughs> I mean, I love to think that the Snallygaster only listens to reggae and ska. Honestly, that'd be a that would be a groovy ass Snallygaster. Yeah, yeah, um, but he only listens to old ska, only ska lights. Yeah, yeah. Xander's yeah. playing the Pie Tasters. Pie Tasters are popular. DJ Analyze. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. it Bad Brains from DC? Yeah, Trouble Funk. So they probably like the Snallygaster. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Well, it's good marketing. Snallygaster would be a great name for an album. It'd be, it'd be fine. It'd be okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fine. Well, this is like, I like this story. This is like, a, I love going through the world of cryptids because it's been a minute since we've really kind of trafficked that world. It's the first time walking through. And I, I love the idea of these things are only as real as people think they are. Right. And there's, there is something to the idea of so much thought and energy 
happening put towards one of these entities, like there's something about it that does kind of give it life. And certain things that like stuff like the Snallygaster, what's weird is that because it had actual implications, technically way realer than a lot of other conceptual things. So it's like it's yeah. uh, it's the Snallygaster is weird. It's realer than an alien. It's realer than a ghost because, you know, it technically is they've been the cover of many crimes. So you believe in the Snallygaster over aliens? Well, the, in terms of there is more objective, quote unquote, proof of a Snallygaster. That many crimes have been blamed on the many Snallygaster. Many crimes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or thought forms. People seen shit. I didn't hear any mention of the supercabra. Who are you trying to protect? Oh, you see, the supercabra <laughs> no, is, uh, is again. That is a. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say a, a cynical marketing ploy for from Ed to get more soup based products had sent his way. <laughs> I, I love soup. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. We're still. The, we're the research hasn't come in on. You that. can find the supercabra at the early bird special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know one day we're going to show up and our fucking P.O. box is just going to have a vat of, of fucking split pea and ham. And I'm fine on soup. I'm new. I'm soup neutral. Yeah. My wife's a big soup. My, my wife's a wife huge too. soup gal. All the ladies love soup. Yeah. Girls love the slurp. They just, they just absolutely <laughs> love it. That's Natalie's favorite. Yeah. She loves the slurping edge. Uh, well, thank you guys. Thank you. We got a lot of shit going on OSS. Operation Sunshine number four is available. Go and get it. I bought it. it. Yep, thank, thank you, you, sir. Good work. Yeah, it's in more, stores. More money back in our fucking pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we, uh, we're we going to have a lot more announcements coming up. Yep. We have things shifting around. Brand new studio. We're going to have a bunch of new shit coming out from the twitch.tv slash LPN TV. Mm -hmm. We got producing shows, producing stuff for that. Can't wait. We got uh, last stream on the left. It's still going strong. We're going to be up going this Tuesday. If you subscribe to the Patreon, you get to see it live. Yeah. yeah, that's fun to do. And you get if you're on the Patreon, you get to watch the podcast. Yeah, and you can be me. You can say mean things to us. Yeah, and, chat. and if you want to watch uh, Twitch.tv uh, uh, slash LPN TV every other Monday at 6 p.m. PST. Perfect. No dogs in space live. Me and Carolina, come on, do some cool shit. We're gonna be uh, up in the game. Gonna be a good time. Come on out this Monday, just so long as the internet is working. Yeah, nice. And on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, you can check out Brighter Side Live with Amber and I. Yeah, very good. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do good put once we get things sorted out. We're going to come back with uh, some good. We we're coming back with, you're going to see, we have a big plan. Best put. Mm. Best put. <laughs> I don't want to know what, I don't want to hear about best put. I'll show you. like it. Chuck. Yeah. Hail Satan. Augie. Hail Mr. Turtle. Hey. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. 
If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. 